Yo, what up, people? It's that time of year again. Welcome back to another episode here on What's the Word Entertainment. It is almost draft day, baby. The NFL draft is coming up soon. I am so excited. It's definitely a good time of the year. Before we get into all, all that, welcome back. Uh, thank you again for joining. Uh, it's Sherm here, your, your usual host here on What's the Word Entertainment. My co-host, Obed, is out this week. So I'm joined by my guest co-host this week, the self-proclaimed professional sports fan, as he calls himself, my man, Chris Hailing from Philly, Pennsylvania. What's going on with you, man? Yo, what's going on, Sherm? I'm feeling great, man. Blessed to be here. Thank you for having me. Look forward to speaking to everyone today. <clears throat> Absolutely, man. Thank you for joining in, filling in for Obed. He's frolicking on a beach somewhere or getting getting whipped down by, by someone else. I don't know what he's doing right now, but he's not here. So we're just going to keep the show rolling. <laughs> so first up, folks, we're going to start out with the NBA. This week. Just a couple of quick pointers in the NBA, some things to note. Um, Rockets point guard John Wall is set to miss possibly the rest of the season uh, what looks like a severe right hamstring strain. First of all, it's a hamstring strain. Like, damn, he's going to miss the rest of the season. Now, the season's, you know, playoffs are not coming near, but man, I feel like he's been riddled with injuries for the past, like, four years in a row, Chris. And I'm just wondering, can he ever return to his normal explosive form he once had when he was over in Washington? I just, at this point, I just kind of feel bad for him because he's a heck of a player. He's an, all, he's an all-star, right? I mean, John Wall, as a talent, um, in the last 10 years, he's a top 10 talent, Sherm. I mean, he, he really is. I mean, mm. I, I'll never forget one of the best shots I ever saw was him draining that with his UConn shot game winner. Um, pull back, pull back, two-step drop. That was a la James Harden before well, James Harden. I think, well, hold on, Chris. I got to correct you there. I think you're thinking of Kemba Walker at UConn. John Wall went to Kentucky. No, no. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got the schools wrong. Yes. Okay, but, okay. Yes, but John Wall, I mean, his explosiveness is insane. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think that he's going to get back to that form. I mean, he's still a productive player. Right. I would have loved to have seen um, him join a veteran team instead of him going to the team he's at now. Like, you know, may have gone to like the Nets or, you know, like well, Lakers, uh, well, you know, either. or the Clippers, something like where he could be a complimentary piece. At this point with his injury, Sherm – I'm sorry. I don't think it's a, a possibility. I mean, you know, you know, Chris, I'm going to actually agree with you. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of past his last two seasons in Washington. He, he didn't even play it, uh, you know, what 70 game or he played just over 70 games in the last two seasons. Okay. I mean, and he's just been riddled with injuries. I think he had a heel injury at one point, um, you know, and it's just like, it's unfortunate. He's a heck of an athlete. I mean, I wish you're right. I do wish he would go to a better team, Dude, if he had gone to, let's say, the Lakers or something, oh, my goodness. But he, he's got to stay healthy. That's the thing. He's got to stay healthy. That's, that's his biggest problem at this point. But hopefully he gets better soon. We'll see him back on the floor. And oh, another news, the Clippers re-signed – well, they signed DeMarcus Cousins because he had an, an initial 10-day contract. They signed another one. Now he's basically signed him out for the rest of the year. Can he really still be effective at this point in his career given his injury past? Gosh, you know uh... – when he, when he signed with the Lakers last year, Sherm, I was so excited. I thought mm -hmm. that's the catalyst. That's the person that's going to put him over. I mean, obviously the Lakers still won the championship last year without him. But yeah. I thought that was such a huge pickup. For the Clippers, I thought it was a great pickup as well. But to this point, he's only averaging nine points, seven rebounds, and two assists. Right. I mean, he's not the boogie of, uh, of years past, you know, averaging 20, 10, and 8. Um, but can he be – you know, a productive player. Absolutely. I mean, even with those numbers of nine, seven, and two, 
Um, I mean, right now, you know, Paul George has actually elevated his game the last few weeks. Kawhi Leonard is always a top five, six, you know, NBA, you know, MVP candidate. Um, I think with the Clippers, that's a good opportunity for them. But, you know, he's got to do a little bit more than that. But I think even with the 972 numbers, yeah, I think he still can be a productive member of a championship team. I just feel bad, yo. This dude was a double-double machine Insane. when he was in Sacramento, right? Am I right? He was a beast in Sacramento. And I said it for so long. I was like, yo, dude, he needs to get out of Sacktown. He needs to get out of Sacktown. And he went to New Orleans for like that year, year and a half or whatever or whatever it was. And he was teaming up with AD. That was a nice little you know, combo right there. And he went over to Golden State and he's in the Clippers and they just, the injuries, man, it just killed him. Sure. Like, you know, the year that he went over, um, I think it was through the Pelicans year, um, he was an all-star. LeBron James, and that was the first year I think they did the whole like the difference of the um the the players choosing like their starting five. Right, right, right. That's what you're saying. Yeah. LeBron's first choice that year was Demarcus Cousins. Wow. I remember that. And wow. I was like, yo, I was like, all right, all right, because he knew double double machine, talented mm-hmm. player, athlete, but he mm-hmm. was a big guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt so bad. But another, another, Kentucky, be, another guy from Kentucky, like John Wall. Yep. He, he could be a very I, – I don't know if the Clippers are, like, a championship team, but if they end up getting to the, you know, NBA Finals because of them, I could see it. I mean, can they get to the Finals, though? It's, it's going to be it's gonna be tough for sure. I mean, like I said, the West is, the, you know, obviously with the Lakers. Here's the thing with LeBron's been hurt, AD's been hurt, so it's really going to have to wait and see kind of what happens with them, of course. But obviously, the team runs them. I mean – we, we, we all know, right? That's pretty safe yeah. to say. So, obviously, you know, we'll see what happens with the uh, with the Clippers and how that goes. But let's move along, Chris. Let's get into some NFL action. We've got a guest joining us for the NFL talk here. Uh, my main man, Joel, handling out from uh, Nattyville, Tennessee. Appreciate you being on again, sir. How's, how's it going on your side? Man, it's going great. How are you guys doing tonight? You know, showing like a villain on penicillin, you know what I mean? Doing what we can do, you know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get let's get right into it, folks. Um, Chris, I wanted to make note of this something really quick because I figured you'd find this interesting. Cowboys linebacker Sean Lee officially retired from the NFL. I know you would feel some type of way about it. I feel like a former Penn State students, you know, this guy was a heck of an athlete, right? And just his NFL career was, I think, cut short and held back due to injuries because this dude was a monster. I mean, he had, a, he had like over 100 tackles almost every season, one healthy. Yeah, sure. So so we were at school at the same time as Paul Puzlesny, Dan Connor, Tom Ali, and Sean Lee were all on the same line, bro. They were all on the same line. I mean, it is so insane to think about that. Um, and, and, and I knew Paul Puzlesny a little bit from my time at school. Uh, we talked a couple of times, various establishments that had alcohol involved, not going to name them. Um, and he, he said that Paul Puzlesny, two-time Benaric, uh, Benaric Award winner, Defensive Player of the Year in all of college football, said, and he was a senior, Sean Lee was a freshman, mm-hmm. said, this is the best linebacker I've ever seen. I've heard the same thing now a multitude of players in the NFL say that about Sean Lee. This is one of the best linebackers I've ever seen unfortunate for him hall of fame career list of injuries listen to this show listen to this joel 2020 sports hernia 2019 mcl injury 2018 17 and 15 
hamstring tears. 2014, ACL tear. 2003, neck strain. Multiple concussions ranging from 2017 to 2011. It is so unfortunate. This guy could have been on the Ray Lewis. I'm talking like the ultimate of ultimate athletes of all time linebacker. And it's just so unfortunate. I feel so bad for this guy. He played only a full, full season, only once in his career. He played all 16 games, only one time, you know, and out of what a 10, 11 year career, yeah. one year, he played a full season. It just sucks, bro. And this guy was a freak athlete. I and mean, you said it, you know what I mean? But with all those injuries, dude, it was just wild. It's unfortunate. Shout out, salute to Sean Lee, former Penn State uh, guy there. So unfortunate, but hey, heck, heck, still, still had a great uh, college career though. Let's move along. Um, other news, I don't know if you guys saw this, maybe Joel, I'll go to you on this one. The Broncos actually have just traded for quarterback Teddy Bridgewater from the, from the Carolina Panthers. And it's funny, I think you and I, Joel, were talking offline the other day about the Broncos and what they would do in the draft. Do they still go after a QB, what have you? Is Drew Locke really the guy? So what do you think about the move by the Broncos and is Teddy Brady Bridgewater is going to be starter day one? So this is totally unsurprising to me. I mean, I, I've, I've actually heard this rumor now for the past few weeks. And uh, so, so when the news was announced today, didn't surprise me at all. Um, the Broncos have also announced that this does not eliminate them from the running um, for a quarterback here in the first round as well. And I'm actually one of those people that believe them. Um, I don't think that they have faith or confidence in Drew Locke at this point. I'm pretty sure they're confident he's not the man. And I think Teddy Bridgewater, when it's all said and done, might be competing both against Drew Locke and a first-round quarterback pick in this draft. Wow. I mean, that's going to be a big competition. I mean, the Broncos, I think, say that, what, currently they're the ninth pick in the draft, I believe it is. I mean, could Justin Fields fall there? Could Matt Jones fall there? Is it – is it, uh, what's the amount of North Dakota State? Uh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Is he going to drop down that far? I mean, I don't see Denver. I mean, Denver has not gotten it right for a long, for a long time. Ever since John Elway came in at the front office, it's amazing how you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time as running your organization for the team he played for and won Super Bowls for as a QB, cannot draft a QB. Drew Locke, Trevor Simeon, um, I don't even, you know, it's like he just uh, can't. I mean, I mean, they did draft for this future Hall of Famer named Paint Manning, and they did win the no, no, Super Bowl. They did not draft. I'm not saying that he was traded for reason, it. But, no, they, no, no. but he did get them to a Super Bowl, and they won it. Okay, he didn't draft him. He didn't trade. They signed him because the Colts the Colts released him. They signed him. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And uh, they did not it, yes. have an opportunity to have Peyton Manning at his best. Peyton Manning was pedestrian. Oh, at pedestrian. Best. During his Denver Broncos career. But 100%. Yep, I agree. With drafting, I agree with you. But, you know, I don't think he's in net as a GM. I don't, not in net. No, nah, I mean, he hasn't gotten it right so far. And it's kind of sad. You know, like not at the quarterback. Not at the quarterback. He hasn't gotten it right at the quarterback. And, and, and I think it's one of those things. Have you ever known someone that's really talented at something, but they can't explain how they're so good at it? right? They're just good at it. I think that's what's happening with John Elway. I think he was such a, a, a naturally talented quarterback. I'm not sure that he knows how to see that same talent or understand how to even develop it in somebody else. Joel, I deal with that every day. I understand. 
<laughs> yeah okay chris <laughs> let's move it along now let's get we're going to start talking about the draft and we're going to break we're going to continue and finish our actual divisional breakdown before draft is tomorrow so i know it's tomorrow night like i said i'm excited for it do you guys get as excited as some others do i mean do you watch yeah actually every night? i know tomorrow just is this just the first night yeah friday saturday you know Chris, do you get as excited as some other people? Do you watch the entire draft or you just watch like maybe the first couple picks maybe to see what your team gets and that's it? Honestly, guys, at this point, I watch like maybe the first nine or 10 picks and just because I, I kind of want to see what's going on. And then after that, I'll Google what my Steelers do. Um, you know, <laughs> honestly, the only thing that I'm excited about this year is do we see for the first time ever four quarterbacks taken in a row and then – even if that does not happen, how many get taken in the first round? The record is five in 1999. Um, I think we have the potential to see six quarterbacks because we all know the top five. We've all talked about that, obviously, mm-hmm. you know. But I think someone, one of these guys like uh, the Davis kid from Stanford, I think someone has a chance to slip in at the back end like Lamar Jackson did a couple years ago. Right. And we might see six quarterbacks taken in the first round. So I'm more excited about seeing like the first time what ifs versus I am seeing like the actual draft. Okay. All right. Joel, anything in particular that you look forward to on draft night in, in usual, or maybe even just partic- this particular draft you're looking forward to? No, I just, I just love, I love draft night. I, I was listening to someone say it the other day uh, and I'll be happy to steal it. You know, this is the one night that all 32 teams get better. Right. And, and, and this is, it's just exciting. I mean, well, except for the jets. Cause they just never, get <laughs> leave well, them alone. Listen. They try hard. <laughs> you know, I'm, so I'm, the resident, nice so <laughs> I'm, I'm the resident Detroit Lions fan here for your show. And so, you know, it is the one night that <laughs> we get to be in the spotlight. Yeah, so a, I'm a, just a, telling you, it, draft night is always a huge night for me. Mm-hmm. It's my third favorite night in the NFL season um, behind opening day, opening night game. Uh, I don't care who's playing. I love seeing the first real game of the season. Yeah. I love watching the Super Bowl, and I love draft night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I well, well said, Joey. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for draft night. I usually watch through the first entire uh, round, and then after that, I'm pretty much cutting off. And I'm like Chris said, I'm, I'm googling, I'm hitting up different sites and seeing what the teams got. But yeah, the first round is definitely definitely my thing too. Let's continue our, our divisional breakdown. We're gonna start uh, with the NFC North. Chris, I'll go it over to you first. Talk about Green Bay. We have to talk about that bad man. We always talk about Aaron, quarterback Aaron Rodgers. They're, they're trying to work out a new deal with him. You know, as Chris, as, as, as the folks you can't see, but Chris is doing the discount double check right now. But, um, you know, I mean, is this going to be his last year in Green Bay going into the 2021 season? Because the, we know they drafted Jordan Love before Aaron Rodgers basically went scorched earth, went on a tear, had, a, had won the MVP award last season. Is this it for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? Or, I mean, does he stick around? How many, or even how much longer can he really play? I mean, it's ridiculous. Honestly, at this point, you know what this resembles to me, guys? A few years ago, New England, Tom Brady, Jimmy G, right? Is he the heir apparent? Like, what's going on? Um, honestly, I think this was just a misplay by Green Bay's management. They, they draft their quarterback way too early because they thought Aaron Rodgers, you know what? He's, at that time, he's 35. So like, oh, he he's he's over the hill, which Tom Brady has now told us at 43 is not over the hill. Um, <laughs> and then he just came out and was that bad man. Was it 43 and five he threw for this year? 43 touchdowns, five interceptions. Um, no. 48, Honestly, 48 I, and five. 
48 and 5. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. So I think that at the end of the day, Jordan Love is going to be in a Jimmy G situation. He's going to end up being traded for draft cap. The Packers hold the 29th pick right now. They need to get a wide receiver. They have not drafted a wide receiver in the first round in the last 10 years. Um, you know, there's a lot of amazing wide receivers in this year's draft. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to fall at that point to the Packers. So unless they make a move up to get, you know, like a, a like a Jalen Waddle who might fall because of his injury potential, mm -hmm. um, I don't think they're going to get like that big name receiver. So I think it's going to be another boring year for the Packers. They're going to draft an offensive lineman or cornerback or something random that you really don't need to complement Aaron Rodgers. Joel, you, I saw you shaking your head there for a second about uh, the Packers maybe trading away Jordan Love. What, what your, your, quickly, your thoughts on that? So uh, just real quick, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm an NFC North guy. And the one thing that I've always found to be certain about the Packers is they are truly the most boring, dull team when it comes to player personnel moves in the NFL. I, I actually believe that the Packers would potentially be willing, and this would be the non-boring part of it. This would be a, a little bit of a break. I think they're actually willing to let Aaron Rodgers go at the end of this contract. Um, I, I know it sounds crazy, but um, just the way this team has been run, the way it's been managed for, for decades now, um, when it's all said and done, they, they don't have any loyalty when, to, to their older players. And it would not surprise me at all for Aaron to have to play out the rest of his contract with Green Bay and move on. I mean, look what happened with Brett Favre. You know, they drafted Aaron to be the heir, heir apparent to Brett Favre. Now he did sit the bench for three, three, four, three four, 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 season. or maybe three and a half, I think it was, you know what I mean? So I don't, so I don't see why Jordan Love can't sit for at least two seasons, if not three seasons as well, too. Look what it did for Aaron Rodgers. He's one of the most talented QBs we've ever freaking seen, right? So, I mean, but as far as draft-wise, I think you got to you gotta go, I think, wide receiver, if not the offensive line and cornerback. I think Chris mentioned that as well, too. I, mean, that's, I think that's your, your top picks. You're looking at maybe possibly getting the receiver, Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. But, yeah, the Chris, if you want to get a big name like a Jalen Waddell, or Devontae Smith, they, they gotta they gotta trade up a lot. They have to give up a lot of capital to do so. So I'm not sure if they're gonna be willing to do that. Next up, let's go let's talk about the Chicago Bears. Uh, we know they signed Andy Dalton away from uh, the Cowboys, Joel. This is a Bears team who finished eight and eight, who didn't make the playoffs again. So in Matt Nagy's tenure, three years in Chicago, he hasn't had a losing record. He's made the playoffs two out of the three seasons. So there's been a lot of criticism on Nagy. Is he going to return? You know, I mean, they also re-signed um, receiver Allen Robinson. Where do you know, really the Bears go as far as a QB standpoint? Is it going to be Andy Dalton day one? Is it going to be Nick Foles day one? You know, what, how, do the, how do the Bears improve this season? <laughs> You're asking the wrong guy. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> when it's all said and done, uh, as it relates to the Bears and their quarterback situation, um, you know, this is the one area the Lions have always had an opportunity to be a little bit better than they are, is at that, is at that position. And this year, it's really no different. And, you know, I think it's going to be a real battle in camp as to who starts. I don't think there is a surefire guy here. I can't answer this the day before the draft as to whether or not it's going to be Andy Dalton or Nick Foles. My hot take, if you really want one, 
is it's probably Andy Dalton. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna agree with you, Joel, and say it's gonna be Andy Dalton as well too. Just a veteran QB with more experience, you know, and some more playoff experience. Yes, Nick Foles has a Super Bowl and some Bowl MVP. I get that, but you know, he had one good run in there. But yeah, I I still think it's gonna be Andy Dalton. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't try to go harder for Russell Wilson. That was one of the teams that he was saying he would want to go to with Chicago, you know, so we'll see what, we'll see what happens with them. Um, next up, Minnesota. Uh, Chris, we'll go to you and talk about the Vikings really quick. Now, they signed Patrick Peterson, the former cor- uh, Cardinals cornerback. But I'm still thinking about their quarterback situation in Kirk Cousins. Now, he's played, he's played pretty well since he's been in, in Minnesota. I'm just wondering if he's still that franchise QB that they think he could be. Now, they gave him a buttload of money all guaranteed which is usually unheard of or completely guaranteed money is he still that dude that they can they can possibly leave minnesota you know deep into run they've got a good offensively they, they've got a great squad dalvin cook adam Thielen, the young receiver justin jefferson there you know they've got a great team offensively but you know they got to get better in other areas but more importantly what are you what are your thoughts on their quarterback situation well sure look at this um in 2020 they ranked 27th in overall defense. Contrary to your point in offense, they ranked fourth. Fourth, guys, um, with Kirk Cousins yeah. at the helm. I mean, obviously, we have Dalvin Cook. We have players. Jefferson came on insane mm-hmm. season. We know that. But who was slinging them both the ball, you know, outside of the handoff to the running back? I, I, I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is Aaron Rodgers. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Mm-hmm. But to your point, we were just saying about, you know, the, you know, the Bears, did uh, Nick Foles not lead the team to the Super Bowl and win Super Bowl MVP? I, I did. I said that. I, I, I would put Kirk Cousins at least a pedestal above Nick Foles <laughs> in, in regards to count. So um, they have an offense that ranked fourth, uh, a defense that ranked 27th. Their problems are not on the offensive side. It is on the defensive side. They got Pat Peterson, so they have him. So I think they need to get another playmaker either on the other side to compliment him on the QB side. I'm sorry, cornerback side mm. or strengthen up that defensive line, you know, make a draft move up and get one of these playmakers in the teams. Cause right now they're at 27th or 20, I forget their exact draft position, but they're not very high. So they need to get up there and get one of these big playmakers because at this point, I don't think it's actually on the offensive side guys. And Joel, <laughs> I would love to hear your thoughts on this. They're sitting right now. They're sitting at 16 and they're projected to pick an offensive lineman, which I don't yeah. think is a bad move, but yeah, I'm thinking more defensive line. That was one of my notes. So that I think it's defensive line and Chris, maybe even another corner as well too. I think that's where they, they, that's where the Vikings need to go in this, in this draft to focus on. Joel, did you yeah, want to jump well, in real quick? Yeah. No, I mean, well, they lost the former lion, Alliance player Riley Reef this year on the offensive line. I think that does leave a hole. It wouldn't surprise me, nor would it necessarily disappoint me as a Vikings fan to actually see them uh, try to find a replacement on, on the offensive line for Reef at this point. Um, but I don't disagree um, that what the, the Vikings really need to take that next step is defense. And, you know, when you were asking this question, Sherm, um, about is Kirk Cousins still a franchise quarterback? since when did a person have to when did a quarterback have to be at that level of Patrick Mahomes to be a long-term successful quarterback in the NFL we have an entire list of quarterbacks who have won the Super Bowl that have never put up the numbers that Patrick Mahomes Lamar Jackson Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady have ever put up 
there's there, there can be plenty of long-term success for someone like Kirk Cousins at the helm of a football team as long as they build the offense around him and have and give him the tools that he needs, like an Adam Thielen, like a Justin Jefferson, like a Kyle Rudolph, like a Dalvin Cook. As long as they have the team around them that they need, you can have a good top 10, top 15 quarterback, and he's your franchise guy. I can tell you there are at least 15 other football teams in the National Football League that would love to have Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. Trent Dilfer, gentlemen, 2000. Greatest <laughs> defense of all time, Baltimore Ravens. I hate them because I'm a Steelers fan. Brent Dilfer is the epitome of a lower-level Kirk Cousins, and he made it happen. True story. True story. Yeah, he, and he has a Super Bowl, and guys like Jim Kelly and Dan Brino don't. Exactly. So yep, so, so there the you greatest go. Greatest talents of all time. You know, yep, dude? yep. Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly, four Super Bowls, never been, never won one. Yep. Oh, yeah, don't, don't remind me, Chris. Remember, I'm a Bills fan. Easy. The Bills. The Bills. <laughs> now let's get into Joel's favorite topic, the Detroit Lions. Um, we're going to let Joel rant a little bit, you know, about, about them, because I know he's got a lot to say. And I mean, it's, I, mean, you're, I know as a Lions fan, I mean, it's unfortunate. You know what I mean? I'm sure they're all very nice people. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, obviously the big thing was they traded for quarterback Jared Goff from the LA Rams. You know, coaching situation, they haven't had a coach uh, a winning co- a coach over there 10 years since like the 50s or the 60s, I think it was. Who knows? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, come on, Joel. You yeah, know. no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but and, their last winning coach was Jim Caldwell. Okay. And, yes. but now there's rumors that they're willing to actually trade away from the number seven, from the number seven pick that they have right now. Um, or I, so where, where do the Lions go this year, man? And what, what's happening with them? Yeah, so I mean, quite honestly, you know, all everyone saying, and I, and you really can't disagree with them. They have the worst roster in football this year, um, and it's pretty bad. I mean, they lose all three of their starting wide receivers. Um, they do have an excellent young running back in DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 have a good solid running back core now, but now they've lost everything in the passing game, but Jared Goff at this point. Um, I, I'm really kind of hoping, to be honest with you, that the Lions um, don't trade the number seven pick unless they get a good haul, um, because I'm seeing lately the trend in the industry, and from what I'm seeing is it's quite possible at this point that one of the top two offensive linemen is definitely going to fall to the Lions at number seven. And I've even seen that there's a possibility they could get Sewell because the Bengals might be stupid enough to get Jamar Chase. I so, did. I did hear that as well too. Sorry. Go ahead. So, so at, at this point, you know, I, I would be happy with us to keep the number seven pick, even if that meant Rashawn Slater, um, that would be fine with me. If we do trade back, that's perfectly fine. As long as we get a decent haul and let's remember they got Jared Goff in a trade for Matthew Stafford and number one picks for the next couple drafts in a row from the Los Angeles Rams. It doesn't get any better than that. I can't believe we got that kind of a haul for Matthew Stafford. And I love Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford is potentially a hall of fame quarterback. If he gets to play out the rest of his career, regardless of whether he wins a Super Bowl. Um, but I do also believe that Jared Goff is a serviceable quarterback. And as I, I think you and I have discussed this before, Sherman, Jared Goff 
at the end of his first five years in the league has similar, if not better, stats in some categories than Matthew Stafford had in his first five years. Chris, you look like you want to jump in here. Joel, you made the point. You made my point for me. The fact that they got a haul for Matthew Stafford on top of you can get a haul for the seventh round pick. They are not in a win now mode. They not. They're not. They're in a division where the Bears are actually, to my opinion, no matter who their quarterback is, is going to be surprisingly better this year than what you think they were because of their defense. Mm -hmm. The Vikings are a tough out. And, oh, by the way, they have this MVP candidate in the division. I don't know if you ever heard about him. His name is Aaron Rodgers. They are not in a win-now mode. Take the hole you got from, from Matthew Stafford, who, again, I agree, Hall of Fame quarterback. Take a haul you're going to get for the seventh-round pick. So, Matt, so many picks in this round and this draft and the next that 2023-24, you're going to be probably the best team in your division. So I think they should trade out of that seventh pick entirely i am all about it <laughs> okay so what do you think they should do uh chris and then i'll go back to you joel because to me it's all about defense you need to draft every single de defensive position d-line linebacker cornerback anything anything you could trade back you could trade back at this point in this round three or four picks at this point to the 10th or 11th pick get micah parsons out of penn state you get the, the one defensive lineman at LSU. I can't think of his name right now. Um, and then stockpile picks for next year because they're saying next year's defensive front line may be one of the best we've seen in a decade. I'm telling you guys, the Lions, if I was them, would I would stockpile picks to the plethora. It'd be like a kid on Christmas. I can't see past where my next gift is. That's where I would be looking at right now. <laughs> That's what I'd be doing if I was the Lions right now. I'm serious. Yeah. Just cutting picks hand over fist, right? Done. You, you, and you know, here's the deal. I, I, I think the new ownership, and let's just be honest, it's still the same Ford family, but, but um, you know, uh, Sheila Hemp Ford has, has really begun to change the dynamics of how that organization is run. And I believe with this new hiring of Dan Quinn as head coach, I believe they have a longer runway for success here than any Lions head coach has had in the last two decades at this point. I, I'm going to tell you right now, the one thing that always happens every year with the Lions is we always feel, even as fans, and I really truly believe even as an organization, that we really have a chance this year. This is one of the first years in a long, long time that we have we, we truly understand that we don't have a chance. Listen, you oh, don't understand. Oh, oh. Even the year we went 0-16, I can promise you, we felt like we had a chance to do something. <laughs> you guys haven't been good since the day before forever, okay? And, I mean, I don't know what it is about Detroit, but they just can't get it together. The defense has been atrocious for the last – they haven't had a top-10 defense probably 87 years. I don't even know what it's been, but, you know – Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but still, to me, it's all about defense. You're right, Chris. It might be the best thing for them to trade back, stockpile picks, and look forward to the next, you know, in, in two or three years, how you can be. Let's continue and finish up this episode with the NFC South. Of course, we got to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and defending the Super Bowl champions. Obviously, they acquired Tom Brady last year, we all know. And, of course, they just kind of ran the gambit in the playoffs, kind of dominated there, went, went on to win the championship. So, I'm just wondering now, now with all 22 starters coming back because they – but first year they're signing um, AB, 
I mean, can they really repeat, Chris? Can they Because they have the exact same team that they had last year that they won it with. Can they win it again? I mean, they're the most talented team. I mean, it's not even a question. I mean – Especially offensively, Kansas, right? Offensively, yeah. Them in Kansas City, it's not even a question. Antonio Brown easily could have signed a contract somewhere else for way more money, but he found his guy. He found his person. Um, you know, he had a very good connection with Ben Roethlisberger his first couple of years. Um Outside of that, he's been very disconnected from his quarterback in his whole career. I think that's a big part of why he's been the way he is. He signed for sure nothing. Well, uh, there was it was rumored that he did, he wasn't getting any other interest from other teams. That's why the he, more he was, but it wasn't publicized. So he's just not. He, no, this team they have no holes, Sherm. No holes to fill, pretty much, and they could they could they could probably run it back, is what you're saying, Chris. Okay. All right. All right. We'll move. All right. I mean, yeah, they, they're offensively, they're talented. Defensively, they're talented. They're just stacked from top to bottom. Let's talk about their, probably their biggest, uh, um, I guess, competition in the NFC South is the New Orleans Saints, Joel. Now that Drew Brees has been, has retired, it's looking like it's going to be Jameis Winston leading the way, if not Taysom Hill. Who do you think, who do you think's the guy, Joel? Taysom or, J- or Jameis? And can they actually lead this team to victory? Well, you, you know, I, I really think that that Jameis was was brought in last year um, to sit under Drew Brees to honestly learn how to play quarterback from a real NFL quarterback. And, you know, the limited amount of time and, and, and plays that Jameis was able to get on the field last year, I think he proved that he could still play. I mean, it was never a question of talent. It was all about his decision making. I think Sean Payton's going to give Jameis a legitimate chance to prove whether or not he can make the right decisions on the field. Mm-hmm. And if Jameis can do that, he's the man. He, he's, he's got all the talent in the world um, as it relates to his athleticism, his skill on the field. Can he, can he put it together between the years? That's the thing. And it was his accuracy. You know, his last season in uh, Tampa Bay, he threw, he went, he did 30 and 30, 30 touchdown, 30 interceptions, just carelessness with the football so often and so frequent. That was his biggest problem. But to me, for the, for the, for the Saints though, what they need to fill as far as position wise in this draft is first to me, it's, it's starting with the defense at a corner at even the D line and linebacker, Joel. I mean, they, they just got to sh- you know, really sure that up. Cause we know when the Sean Payton offense, you can thrive. I mean, they're, they're going to put up points, right? And so I think it starts with the defense. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that's where they have to go. Right now, I believe that what they're sitting at, what, the 28th pick of the draft, if I'm not mistaken. So looking like they're going to probably pick the linebacker out of Kentucky. But I think it's defense maybe the first two, if not even three rounds for the, for the Saints, Joel. Yeah, I, I think they'll probably go defense. But I, I, in, the, in the first round, for sure. I, I wouldn't put it past them to get one of these better wide receivers in the first two or three rounds, though. Um, they really do need another wa- young ride wide receiver there in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think I think they could find their guy here. Um, so I, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I'm rooting for Jameis personally. Um, I want to yeah. keep Taysom Hill and the gadget plays and leave it at that. Okay. All right. Next up is the Atlanta Falcons. Chris. It's been a rumor that they're willing to trade away Julio Jones. To me, if they trade away Julio Jones, that means I think they're in rebuild mode. You absolutely draft a QB at number four instead of drafting the potential uh, pick that everyone thinks it's going to be tight end Kyle Pitts out of Florida. I mean, should they just rebuild or should they try to win it all before 
quarterback, Matt Ryan's time is up. We did take them to a Super Bowl a couple years ago and won MVP. What do you think the Falcons should do here, Chris? I mean, sure. They've been a progression downfall since that. I mean, what, what can you do when you, when you, when you are up by 25 points at halftime in a Super Bowl and you, third quarter. you third quarter. Oh, you're right. Exactly. Yes. In a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching that game together. Thank you very much for reminding me. Um, yeah. Um, honestly, I, I, I felt that was such a, a demeanor, like just such a demeaning point, like in your professional life. I mean, we, we're all been athletes. We all played sports to like lose a game like that. Um, I felt like they've been rebuild mode since then. So yes, they need to draft a quarterback. Um, I think the right pick for them is probably Trey Lance, um, which uh, why I'm very intrigued to see if four quarterbacks go in a row guys. Um, I definitely, they're getting rid of Julio. They're going to stockpile some picks, rebuild around that quarterback, you know, maybe draft up, you know, get rid of Julio, get that, you know, late second or, or I'm sorry, early second, first round, late first round pick and get an offensive lineman as well. Um, they're a complete rebuild, man. I mean, they're not going to compete this year. So why would they try to, yeah. Why would they try to um, build around a 38 year old quarterback? Yeah. I mean, they're not going to compete with Tampa Bay, obviously Tampa Bay's winning that division. Joel, did you want, you want to jump in here? Well, you know, I had a question, you know, uh, Chris, you said something really interesting that you think that should go ahead and draft Trey Lance there. Who do you think the Niners are going to get? Oh gosh. Okay, that's a definite question. Who do I think they should or who do I think they No, never? who do you think they're going to get? Because you're, I, what it sounds like to me is you actually seem to be assuming in that scenario that the Niners are going to be getting um, Justin Fields instead of Mac Jones. If the Niners get Mac Jones instead of Justin Fields, uh, it's quite possible, and I was t- telling Sherm this earlier, that Atlanta should probably be going after Justin Fields there instead of Trey Lance, and I would, I would make that take all day long. Only reason I was saying Trey Lance, and you're, I actually thought I actually thought Mac Jones is going to go three to the Niners. The only reason I said um, Trey Lance over Justin Fields is because of the rebuild. Trey Lance is a rebuild project. He is a phenomenal talent, and he's a guy in a project that's going to be built up in the next two or three years, whereas Justin Fields, I think, is more ready to go. So I don't think that Justin Fields would be the number four pick only in that situation because of that. Trey Lance is a rebuild situation for me. And that's why I said that. I think the Niners should hundred percent take Justin Fields. Like I said, I've, I've been on high on Justin Fields since uh, he was even at Georgia. Like I said, I've been following his career even since high school. I think this kid is a, is a future stud in the NFL. Um, you know, I think he will fit in Kyle Shanahan's system like amazingly there, but you're, it's really to be, yeah, you're right, guys. It depend, Atlanta is going to depend on opponent and what San Francisco does at three, what they do at four. I think that's where it says, but I think they've got to go tight end as well. They get a corner, D, D end, you know what I mean, amongst other things. So it's going to be something to see. Like I said, it's going to depend upon what San Fran does at three. Um, and last but not least in the NFC South, we have the Carolina Panthers. As we know, they traded for QB uh, Sam Donald, the former Jets um, top draft pick from a couple years ago. Um, now that the Panthers have traded away Teddy Bridgewater, is, is it pretty much safe to say that the that the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers will be Sam Donald day one, Joel, or do they draft a QB? I mean, because right, they, they said they're open to trading away the number number eight pick. By the way, I I don't think it's I I'll put it this way. I think it's safe to say that Sam Darnold's probably going to be starter day one. 
of this mm-hmm. 2021 season, I don't think it's safe to say that they're not going to draft a quarterback depending on how the draft goes in front of them. I, I, I don't think they're going to trade up for one, but if, if a quarterback falls, if, for example, Atlanta doesn't take a quarterback, if nobody else moves ahead of the Panthers here, this scenario, and a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields is still there, I think you're looking at a situation where Carolina is drafting one of those two. And I think it would be up for debate as to whether or not um, they start. Again, I think if they were to go Trey Lance, obviously Sam Darnold starting. But I, I, I would bet on Sam Darnold being the day one starter, even if they draft a quarterback at number eight. Yeah, I would actually agree with you, Joel. Chris, quickly, I mean, what do you think the Panthers should do? What do you think they would will do? I mean, let's put this in perspective, guys. Sam Darnold is probably in one of the worst situations uh, of a rookie quarterback to be trapped in NFL history with that Jets team. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, guys, I mean, he's going to flourish, I believe, under the, the uh, new young offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, who, by the way, he served as the passing game coordinator for whatever that is meant uh, for the LSU <laughs> team where they led that Tigers team to the national championship. Quarterback Joe Burrow, record-setting season, saw him win the Heisman, yep. um, and, and scored the most points, uh, I think, of FBS history that year. So I, I think it's going to help Darnold. And, you know, and here's the thing. If I was the Panthers, I would either draft an O-line, you know, get his uh, left tackle put in place mm-hmm. as his, you know, or like a safety and of a tight end. Pitts, obviously, uh, is going to be gone at this point. He's going to be a top four or five pick. So the next best tight end is uh, Fire uh, Friermouth, Penn State. Fryermuth. Yeah, Fryermuth. I can never say his name right. Out of Penn State, <laughs> so it might be a reach for them at, at the position they're at. But um, I think either get him a safety net tight end or draft uh, a, a tackle. I'm just wondering with Carolina. I to me, you don't really have the necessary weapons to be for Sam Donald to flourish. And that was his problem in New York. I've exactly. said this before. Okay, the running back is good. You're good at McCaffrey. Where are the wide receivers? I don't think Robbie Anderson is a number one guy. I don't think DJ Moore is a number one guy. Where That was Sam's biggest problem in New York. They did not surround him with the pieces to succeed flat out. They did not do a good job. And Joel, I think you and I have talked about this offline as well too. The Jets did not put pieces around. I do not blame Sam Donald for his failures in New York flat out. I'm just, I just don't. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, when it's all said and done, as a Lions fan, at least I, at least I can say I'm not a Jets fan. So. <laughs> you and Mike Greenberg, man, you guys would be great friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, at least you got that going for you, Joel. Well, folks, that is going to do it for us this week here on What's the Word Entertainment. Um, Joel, thank you so much for uh, coming on this week. Any uh, last words before we head out for the draft just tomorrow night at all? Hey, enjoy the evening. Listen, don't boo your team if you don't like who they pick. This is that young man's, you know, future. Uh, future. He's 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 reaching the pinnacle potentially of his career at this point. Um, just enjoy the moment. You know, boo him the first time he makes a mistake. Boo him the first time he has a bad play, but don't boo him on the night he gets trapped. All right, well, well said, Joel. Chris, any last words for the people before we head out? No, that was well said, my friend. I appreciate that. Guys, remember, sports is not life. Life is not sports. It's entertainment. Enjoy it. 
Very well said, sir. Uh, folks, thank you for tuning in once again, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. We appreciate it. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at the WWENT for our guest, Joel, for my guest co-host, Chris. Hopefully, Obed will be back whenever he uh, finishes drinking pina coladas or wherever he is and we start paying some bills. Hopefully, we'll be back next week. We will catch you guys next time. Have a good one. Peace.